Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Timeless Podcast Company present this podcast. In immersive sound design. My name is Jason DeMarco. I am the head of action and anime senior vice president for Warner Media. I formerly worked at both Cartoon Network and Adult Swim, co-created the Toonami block, and working at Adult Swim and Cartoon Network is how I came to meet MF Doom. So the way that Doom first came into my life as a listener was way, way back. It was, you know, the way back in the days of, I mean, obviously the gas face, um, but also after that KMD, um, and then I read about, I remember reading about Black Bastards and that album being shelved. And then, of course, Operation Doomsday. So I had been a fan since way, way back. Um, and the way he came into my life was through another guy named uh, Brian Burton, uh, also known as DJ Danger Mouse. So Danger Mouse had been making beats for uh, Cartoon Network for Toonami for a number of years. So we were friends that we had known each other for several years at that point. And he came back from London on one of his trips and said, hey, I want to swing by and play you this thing I just worked on. Um, I got to play it for you. And it turned out to be the Grey album, his great mashup of Jay-Z and Beatles songs, which kicked off a whole bunch of mashups of Jay-Z's Black album. Um, but he basically knocked it up over a weekend. He was just so excited about it. He wanted to play it for me. So he came into the office where we worked at Adult Swim and he played it for me. And I had to immediately call my boss, Mike Lazo in. And he's the guy that created Adult Swim and said, listen to this. And we were just freaking out because we, we thought it was great. So while we were hanging out, Brian said to us, hey, do you, are you guys familiar with this rapper MF Doom? And of course I was familiar and my boss, Mike Lazo was familiar. We had loved the, you know, this was when the Mad Villain record was just coming out and like 2003. Uh, and we already had the Victor Vaughn record, I remember. And we were you know, just talking about how incredible he was. And Brian said, well, I'm actually getting talking about making an album with him. And I really thought it would be cool if we could maybe do an album based around cartoons because Doom is such a cartoon head. And I thought of you guys. So, you know, what do you guys think about an album based around um, cartoons, maybe Toonami? And I said, 
maybe Adult Swim actually might make sense if Doom is that much of a cartoon head. And Brian said, oh yeah, he knows every, he knows directors, he knows episodes of shows that people have forgotten years ago. So I said, cool, well, let me go, let's, you know, can you arrange to meet him and let's talk about it. So Doom ends, Doom ends up having a house in Kennesaw, Georgia, which is not too far. I mean, it's about an hour outside of, of where we worked in Atlanta. So uh, he also had, at the time, an apartment in Atlanta. So Brian said, just come meet him in his apartment, come in the morning, bring a six pack of Heineken's, uh, which I did, and say hi. So I came over to his, his place, knocked on the door at 9 a.m. He took a while to answer. Opened the door and he immediately grabbed a Heineken, started drinking, asked me if I wanted to drink. So I said, fuck it. So we're drinking and talking. He was actually writing in his notebook when I came in, one of his many, many notebooks that he filled up with stuff all the time. So I come and sit down and we just start talking about, you know, the project and about cartoons. And at, I mean, he just came off as such a sincere, fun, like goofy fan of cartoons that I kind of just immediately fell right in step with him because we are both nerds about cartoons. We talked about all the old Hanna-Barberas we grew up with. I want a virgin, huh? Nah, 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 nah. I knew he was onto something big. Okay, let's go. We talked about Danger Mouse. We talked about Japanese cartoons like Robotech. Um, and Doom was up on all of it, but he truly had a love for like goofy superhero cartoons which of course you can tell just from one listen to any of his albums because he sampled the hell out of all of them so he, he was like yes i'm a huge fan of adult swim cartoons and i'd love to sample any and use all of that and even get the voice actors on the album and you know i could just tell immediately that he was not doing this for money that it was definitely an idea he just was really into and for me that's what made it worth doing so then I, you know, hung out with him for, for a few hours, went back, talked to Brian and said, let me try to convince my boss. You know, we'd never put out an album before. We're a television network. But let me convince my boss um, to give us the money and see if we can't make this. So Lazo, to his credit, just said, hell yeah. And I said, you're not worried we've never made a record. He said, who cares? It'll be great. He just wanted more Doom music, which so did I. So he already, Dumart already made fans out of, out of the two of us. So then we made a deal with Epitaph Records, who made a great deal with Brian and, and Doom, but of course made a shitty deal with us. We got totally ripped off because we didn't know anything about how to make record deals, um, but that's okay. So then Brian came to Atlanta and they wanted to record the album in earnest. And part of my job was picking Doom up and taking him to the recording sessions. And really what I was told was, the same thing I was told before, show up with a sixer of Heineken, take him to the place, let him have a few beers and then get and then basically get out of his way. So that's what I did. And hanging out with him, he was the sweetest, goofiest, most gentle dude, unassuming, just easy to get along with, easygoing, full of so many great stories. He had had a lot of tragedy in his life up to that point, obviously. And he never, I mean, clearly he had his demons. Drinking was surely one of them. But for a person with, who had been through so much, 
he did not come across like somebody that was dark. You know what I mean? He came across as somebody who just enjoyed hanging out with people on a personal level. And and so, uh, you know, I just immediately clicked with him. Uh, we got along really well. And then I, I stayed out of the way of the album being made. I pretty much just helped with the marketing and the launch of it and made sure that Brian and Doom had what they needed and got the voice actors from the various shows to be on and dealt with all the, you know, executive producer stuff. So the album comes out. Um, it did really well for the time and 350,000 copies, which back in 2005, six was, you know, um, indie gold, really. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You know, the next thing we did was we sat down with Doom and, and said, hey, we want to get you on TV. Um, we want to, you know, try to get you into shows. We want to get you um, doing whatever you want, promos, whatever, you know, because we knew that he would, you know, he would need money um, beyond just the album release. So he got on a show called Perfect Hair Forever, where he was a recurring character. Uh, we got him to do a Christmas marathon for Adult Swim, which was him as Santa Claus hosting a night of Adult Swim programming. And that was a hilarious experience because again, he just came by work, we filmed it there. We had a Christmas sweater for him, he wore the Doom mask, we made a little setup and he just riffed. You know, he had written a bunch of ideas and stuff and he just riffed from there. And we kept his cup full of beer. <laughs> and so he just had a blast and so did we. Filmed it over one night, he like showed up at midnight and we filmed it over one night. Hey! Why spend Christmas Eve waiting for some extra fat white dude to come busting through the ceiling when you can spend Christmas Eve with yours truly, the super villain, Doom? I'll be hosting a whole night of holiday shows and adult swim, ho ho hoing, and things of this nature. We have Grandma coming through on the strength if she get here at a reasonable hour. We have a couple of scriptures from the good book, I believe. Oh, yeah, I'm your holiday host on Adult Swim, the super villain, Doom. Ho, ho ho. You know, beyond that, I reached out to him and said, hey, we, you know, we want to do another record with you, whether it's with Brian or what or whatever. And he said, OK, well, I, I have some ideas. So we actually went as far as making a record deal with him. We made we signed him for an album deal um, and gave him a forty thousand dollar advance, which, again, wasn't a lot, but we didn't have a lot to spend on, on music. Um, and then he ghosted me and he just took the money and left for like two years. I didn't hear from him. I couldn't get in touch with him. And I thought he had just, you know, said, oh, thanks for the money, dumbass, you know? Um, and it turns out, I found out later that, you know, one of his children was in the hospital and he had been through a whole lot of family stuff 
during that time. Um, and then he got kicked out of the country, um, which everybody knows that's part of Doom's story. So like his life got way more complicated. So I, I think, you know, obviously this album fell by the wayside and, and he couldn't give back the money. So, you know, uh, I think that was why he just ghosted and you know it hurt because i you know i thought we were friends i mean he had made me a painting we bonded over cartoons so much he'd made us he made me a couple paintings he made me a painting of this pink panther kind of robber character that we both loved that still hangs at work at william street um and so you know then he started trying to reach out again and I got in, I actually got in a lot of trouble for that because I blew 40 grand and my company was like, what the hell are you doing? So, you know, at that point, I, I realized I can't really probably work with him professionally. So then he would a couple of years later, he started calling me like he wanted to call and talk about projects. He wanted and, you know, I would occasionally talk to him, but I never would do anything because I didn't want to risk professionally, you know, and and then there's the Doombot story, which I think I can tell now. So like after this is actually right before we made the album deal with him. After the Danger Doom album came out, Adult Swim has these things called the upfronts every year, which every television network does, where we sort of take advertisers through our, you know, shows that are coming up and try to get them excited for what's going on. And there's usually free booze and it's like it's in New York City and it's for young advertisers in their 20s. It's free booze and food, and usually there's a band of some sort. So the year that the album came out, it was doing so well, I suggested, hey, why don't we have Danger Doom play our event? And they, my bosses said, yeah, sure. So we booked the event. Doom says he'll do it. Then we get to the, you know, the day or two before. He doesn't show up for any rehearsals. Brian, of course, shows up and makes sure everything's set up. Doom's big idea that he tells us about pretty much that week is... Okay, I'm not going to perform in the mouse suit. I'm going to have my friend perform in the mouse suit with a mask on, and no one's going to know it's not me, but I'll be backstage rapping live while he pantomimes the performance. It'll be a cool conceptual thing. And I was like, ooh, that sounds like it's going to be weird, but I thought, you know, okay, let's try it. You know, <laughs> what do we have to lose? And so Doom shows up with his friend shows up with they, they get him fitted in the costume the mask looks great he they practice that day they do like a couple songs and it's clear that the guy knows the songs really well and he's doing a pretty good job pantomiming he's about doom size and i start thinking maybe this will work you know it's a little weird because doom has a cold he's pounding orange juice um he's super hungover you know so it's sort of all shaky we get to that night and Doom steps out, he starts performing. And I'm watching the faces of these ad buyers and people, they love all the songs, they know all the words, they're nodding their head and I'm thinking, wow, I think this actually worked, you know? It was a little weird, but I think it worked. Fast forward to then the show ends and I, and the music finally stops and in the lull before they start playing whatever the next music is at the club i hear one of the ad buyers say to another guy that wasn't fucking doom <laughs> and i knew like oh shit we're fucked 
<laughs> I knew that I was fucked at that point. So obviously people knew, a lot of people knew it wasn't Doom. And then I got in trouble again with my bosses. So, so, so prior to the 40 grand walking away, I had already gotten in trouble because of the upfront thing with Doom. So I steered clear for a while. I managed to still listen to his musical. I mean, I was still a fan. And I still threw him work even because he was on the Adult Swim Singles program, which is a thing that we do and have been doing since 2011, where we get artists across all different genres to release songs and put them up on, on the web for free. And they own the songs and it's really just good for everybody. And, you know, over the years, um, he was on a Captain Murphy song for us. I had one of the Ghostface tracks he did released. We had a Mad Villain Lucy that never got published. So like we, we keep, you know, we kept throwing him money for stuff over the years. Um, but I just didn't want to dig in and really work with him. And I now feel bad because he was trying to reach out and I was just like, you know, uh, I can't let it, I can't lose my job over this, you know, fast forward to 2018. And I, and I come up with an idea of, you know, I go to doom and his manager and I say, Hey, what if we release, I know you've got a lot of unreleased songs. What if we release them all one week at a time for like 10 weeks and we can call it like the missing rhymes or something. And they come back to me and say, we think that's a great idea. He has a ton of like Lucy's lying around that never found a home over the years. And we can call this the missing notebook rhymes, you know? And I said, cool. I, and I said to them, so are these tracks cleared? Like we're all good to go. I can just pay you for them, you know? And it was a decent amount of money. And they said, yeah, 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 we're all good. Fast forward to it coming out. First week, everything's great. Second week, uh-oh, I get a phone call the day it releases, the song releases from an angry producer. Hey, that was a beat I made for Doom that I never got paid for, you know, and why are you using it? And oh, shit, so I had to deal with that. We dealt with that. We paid this producer. We called Doom. We said, look, are there any more? Because there can't be any more. He said, yeah, yeah, no, no, it's all good. That was a misunderstanding anyway. Next week goes by, I get another angry call. <laughs> and then the next week I get another angry call. And finally, I just said, look, I, I got to pull the plug on this. Uh, you know, we've never done that before with an adult swim thing, but I'm getting in trouble and we're spending more and more money trying to clear these tracks because they weren't cleared, you know. So I had to shut it down and Doom, of course, kept the money because it was an advance that he got paid and I got in trouble again. And so my bosses at the time who were totally nice people were like, so let me get this straight. You got screwed. You got fucked over once. Then you went back. You got fucked over again. And then you went back and gave him money and got fucked over a third time. And I said, yeah, <laughs> they said, what the hell, man? <laughs> And, you know, I didn't really have a good answer. My answer was he's one of the greatest that's ever lived. He's one of the he's a genius. He's legitimately a genius. And how many times in your life do you get the opportunity to work with that kind of artist? You know, I've worked with hundreds of artists, literally, and I've enjoyed working with almost all of them. And all of them are great in their own way. But there are very few, I would say, where genius is. And Doom is a straight up genius. He's one of the best that's ever done it. I firmly believe that as a writer and as a producer. The man structured rhymes in a way that just is still incredibly exciting to me. And no matter what happened between us and our relationship, I still remained a fan. And that was the point of view that I was coming from when I kept going back to work with him, even knowing 
working with Doom can be complicated. Anyone that's worked with him will tell you that. He is he was tricky to work with. You know, he had an extreme ambivalence about performing live. Getting him to actually play live was very hard. And I think that's where the Doom bot thing came out of. He never really enjoyed playing live. He enjoyed people one-on-one. One-on-one, he was the sweetest, most fun, goofy dude who just wanted to chill. But when it came to performing, I think it felt like work. And that's just who he was. And you kind of know that getting into it with him. You know at a certain point, if you're working with Doom, there's going to be some, you know, there's might be some shenanigans. But you just decide you don't care because you know that the, he is that amazing and he's that sweet of a person so i don't regret any of it i don't regret you know i threw a bunch of my company's money away and i'm sorry for that but i I don't regret any of it i i I bet on my heart and i bet on somebody that i knew was an amazing once in a lifetime talent and um so yeah so then when he passed it hit me really really hard i mean it hit me harder than i would have thought because you know i wasn't talking to doom much then um, we weren't good friends or anything, and hey, I, but I just, it hit me really hard. It was like a very close friend had passed. I felt a deep, and still feel a deep sense of loss over him being gone. And I found myself listening to his music all the time, not just his, his albums, but his stuff he's produced, the Monster Island Czars, and special herbs and spices and everything he's done just because as a body of work it's it's pretty fucking incredible and the fact that i was a part of that legacy even in a just a way of being a bank for him or even in a way of just making one album happen for him just makes me happy then it's you know it makes me feel like i'm not wasting my time in this field you know and to think about him and his story and everything he went through and everything he came back from It's honestly amazing he made it as long as he did. He carried a lot with him, and he didn't burden other people with it. He dealt with it through his art, which is why his art is timeless. So that's my MF Doom story. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly enjoyed telling it. Did I ever tell you the one about MF Doom Podcast is a timeless podcast company production. Executive produced by Chantel Barron, Michael Barron, and Eric DJ Eclipse Wynn. Co-produced and mixed by Brett Epignazer. Sound design and sound editing by Nick Digler-Davila. Research director, Miles J. Barron. Senior creative director, Martin Orton for Poison Pen Graphics. Graphic design director, Shai Harari for H1 Media. Featuring Ben Klingon, Dell of the Hieroglyphics Crew, Dimbaza Dumale, Dingo D of Leaders of the New School, Graham Poopa Maxwell, Jason DeMarco, Just Blaze, Curious George, Cotty, Lionel the Vid Kid Martin, Lord Jamal, Lord Seer, Miles Brown, MF Grimm, Milo from Leaders of the New School, Onyx the Birdstone Kid of KMD, Prince Power Rule, Ralph McDaniels, Talib Kwali, Tanji Dumale, Tom Brown, Wild Child, Yasin Bey, and Young Guru. Special thanks to the city of Long Beach, Mark Healy in the Rockaway Wave, Far Rockaway Queens, New York, Brandon G, Tom Wheelie, Ben King, Stephen S. Sidman, and Video Music Box. Timeless podcast sound design voiceover, Tembisa Mashaka. Music cues and scoring for this podcast have been provided by Portal. That's P-R-T-L. 
Music comes in all vibes, so lo-fi should too. Welcome to Portal, the world's first lo-fi music in all genres for all types of music fans. Whether you love hip-hop, reggaeton, country, alt-rock, EDM, or even bassa, Portal has lo-fi vibes to match your music tastes. Find Portal on YouTube or Spotify or anywhere you listen to lo-fi. Portal, P-R-T-L, lo-fi for every vibe.